Nakia Nightshade Some Like It Hot is brought to you by The Beat House Cosmetics and their latest legacy eyeshadow palette. With titles like Birthright, Heirloom, Estate and Inheritance, this mother-daughter duo, black family-owned company, is making sure to bring a little bit of legacy right to your face. TheBeatHouseCosmetics.com. Use hashtag SomeLikeItHot and get yourself a lovely little discount. You can also find it at City Trends Nationwide. Welcome to another episode of Nikki Nightshade's Some Like It Hot. Let me just get comfortable here. So I am live on Twitch um, randomly. I did say I would be live. I just never gave a time. And that's because my life continues to be quite interesting lately. And I really, I look forward to sharing with you guys sometime in 2020 what I've been doing, what I've been up to, what's going on in my life. It's not that I want it to be a secret. It's just that, unfortunately, knowledge is power. And some people that have been around me are using information about me against me. Does that make sense to you guys if you're listening or if you're watching live? So I just like to keep a lot of stuff close to the best. Also, when you make plans, it's always best to kind of Wait to see them kind of play out before you um, tell the world about them, right? You know, it's, it's the same concept when a woman is pregnant, especially if she's of a certain age. Now, that's not, I'm not talking about myself. I'm saying if a woman is pregnant, quite often she won't tell anybody until she's well along and certain she's going to, mostly certain she's going to have this baby and not lose it. Um, and because she doesn't want to tell everybody while she's newly pregnant, oh, I'm going to have a baby, then lose it, then have to go through that, right? That's more traumatic. So it's kind of the same thing. There's a lot of things that are going on in my life that I'm not ready to share because I don't know where it's going. And so I don't want to address it either way. Okay. So now we got that out of the way. Today, we're going to be talking about, um, a little bit about why men cheat. I it's interesting. Last week I was talking about Kim Kardashian. This week I'm talking about Chloe. It seems like they've been um, tag teaming the whole family because even Courtney's been in the media about her engagement to Travis. So it's kind of like they keep. It's like okay, this week it's Chloe's turn. Next week's Kim's turn. Oh, okay. No, I mean sorry. This week's Courtney's turn. Next week's Kim's turn. All right, let's throw Chloe a bone, or at least Chloe's baby's daddy's throwing everybody else his bone. I, 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 (sighs) (laughs) so anyway, but we're going to talk about a few things, including does it get better after you've been cheated on in a bad relationship or a bad marriage? Um, can it get better in the relationship? So if you decide to take the person back, you know, are they capable of changing? Will they you know, become a better person or will they cheat again? Will they do whatever they did to you, whether whatever the violation is, whatever they did to hurt you, will will it happen again? Okay. So 
the first thing I wanted to, to discuss, I think it's best to start at how you get there before we get there. So we were watching a few videos live on Twitch. If you want to see them, the video recordings are up. I used to take them down, but now because I'm in a process of another business deal that I'm in the middle of, I have to leave all of my recordings up. So if you ever listen to the podcast and say, hey, I want to see the video version and I tell you I'm on video and it's on Twitch, specifically Twitch, um, they will stay up. So this one will be up if you're listening and you wanted to check out the pre-show. I actually watched maybe like six six or seven um, Twitch videos. I couldn't play the videos on the stream, but I did have the audio playing. And one of the videos was talking about um, a woman was giving a class and she was giving advice to a bunch of different girls on how you know you need to take responsibility for the fact that you keep dating trash men or men that don't love you back and stuff like that right which i agreed with her to an extent there is a responsibility that is is on you as the person the victim right um there is a slight responsibility especially if it's a repetitive thing where you're constantly dating the same person over and over they just it's a different person but you're dating the same type of person over and over male female it doesn't matter however it's not all on you and when you have a victim mentality or if you are a perfect victim right if you just don't you're not fixing yourself enough to realize that predators can sense they can smell that you're a good prey um, often you will get preyed on over and over again, right? And one of the things she was explaining is you need to be single. You need to take time after a relationship, especially a traumatic one, to get to know yourself, to figure out what you need. And not just be single and be a hoe, although you can. <laughs> I haven't yet. I haven't done that. <laughs> I haven't done that. Let me just stop before people stop being like, oh, she's being a hoe. No, I'm not. I, I'm not. It's crazy that I'm not a hoe. Like, you would think I would be a hoe the minute I'm mad at some guy or whatever. And I'm not, you know, because I've decided long ago that it doesn't benefit me to sleep around with, with men. Weird, right? But it benefits the men more than me. Like, I... I tend to get the le- the least out of it because I'm very hard to please. And I don't just mean that financially, monetarily, with gifts and things. I mean that sexually. I am extremely hard to please. And I admit that. My name is Nakia and I'm extremely hard to please in the bedroom. You will lose your mind trying to please me. Often men get mad because they're like, oh, I think you're faking it because I don't think you had an orgasm. I'm like, well, you were right about one thing. <laughs> But I admit that. So I, knowing that, I've decided that me trying to sleep my way out of being mad at someone or out of a relationship or whatever is not going to benefit me at all. It doesn't make me feel better and I get nothing out of it. So I don't. But I agree with her. You need to be single for a little while. You need to get to know yourself. You need to work on yourself. You should definitely get counseling therapy, you know, all of those things before you get into another relationship so you don't make the same mistakes. However, that doesn't mean that it was your fault for getting in another bad relationship or it was all your fault for getting another bad relationship because quite often, especially if you were with a narcissist, they lie, they pretend. So if you are not given the tools and who's given the tools in school, 
They should have a class about dating and relationships and sex. Like sex ed does not cover. Sex ed has never been enough. They should have a class to teach you what to look for. What are the signs of an abusive person, of a narcissistic person? They should have this. Um, When I was in high school, sex ed was terrible in the public schools. It was the bare minimum. And so I ended up being part of a community center team of teenagers who were uh, hired. By the way, when I say hired, we were paid $5.25 an hour. But I mean, I was like 14, 15 years old. Um, We were hired to work two hours, uh, I think twice a week, maybe three times a week. I don't remember doing it more than two or three times a week. Um, At the community center after school. And we first they trained us. And then we would help teens. I don't think we talked to preteens. I think there were just people that were 13 to, to 20, mostly 13 to 18. And we would like give them educational pamphlets, talk to them about dating, um, you know, safe sex, stuff like that. STDs, all the things that was lacking in our education at school. They, this community center, we had a grant scholarship program, um, not scholarship, excuse me, a grant from the state. So we'd have to write to our congressman. They taught us how to write, you know, these long grant, um, begging, for, begging, begging, begging for money from the state. And we'd beg like congressman so-and-so and representative so-and-so, and they gave us money. And then the money would go to um, be able to host events. Obviously it paid our our hourly wages, which wasn't a lot, and also um, for supplies, right? So that was what the grant went to, and that's what we taught. And I don't know who does that now. I'm not in the school system. I don't have any kids in the school system. I don't know what's going on, but I think it would be amazing if they did have classes and courses for high schoolers to teach young girls and boys about dating, just dating, and what to look out for, Um, and what to avoid and when to draw the line and when to say no because quite often you find yourself dating someone who misrepresents themselves they pretend to be someone they're not Um, often narcissists for example since that's the number one topic through the whole season it's like the recurring thread through the entire season Um, the narcissist will often listen more than speak so that you will, they'll make you feel comfortable. So you'll tell them about all the horrible things that are going on or whatever happened in your last relationship. Then they take that information and they craft and create themselves to be the polar opposite of that so that you fall in love with them. And then uh, you find out later that it was just an act, right? And so I think it's important not to take too much self-blame for... Being in a relationship with someone who lured you in under false pretenses, especially when they lured you in like maliciously, you know what I mean? So it's, <sighs> there's a lot, there's a lot there, but I I just wanted to touch on that a little bit. That was one of the videos that I watched in the pre-show. If you watched the, the Twitch, you can see that. Um, but getting back to the main, the core part of what I was saying which is, you know, does it get better? Will it get better after the person either physically abuses you, mentally abuses you, financially abuses you, cheats on you, or all of the above, right? So I'm going to give you a little, without too much 
information. I'm going to give you a little personal input, right? I was with someone for 10 years on and off who was physically abusive. Um, I'd say he was mentally abusive, but he was more like just a douche. <laughs> I call him that a lot. I think I say that about him a lot on here. He was a douche. You were, you know, you were a douche. Like he, he, he would just sit there and like see girls on TV and be like, oh, she's the perfect woman. And I'm sitting right next to him like, oh, thanks. Okay. She's, well, don't worry. You're not the perfect man. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, it was like, I don't know if it was on purpose. Like it definitely wasn't directed towards me. It would just kind of come out of his mouth. You could call that mental abuse, I guess, but it wasn't, I've experienced mental abuse now. So I know the difference. So I would say he was mostly physically abusive. He wasn't, he was sort of a caveman. Mental stuff wasn't his thing. Fist, fist punching, throwing things was his thing, right? So we went through a lot of ups and downs and a lot of breakups. And every time we got back together, it was a little better than it was before because he knew like, okay, I lost her before. I know what she doesn't want. So I have to watch out. And I'll have to say the first two times, because yes, we broke up three times and got back together. The first two times we got back together, it was more of an act. So it was like, I know I shouldn't act this way. So I'm going to pretend I've changed to get her back. And I'm going to try to keep that act up as long as I can <laughs> to keep her around, right? And then and like lure her in. Um, they like to call it hoovering, the hoovering you back in, the vacuum, the hoover vacuum. I'm just going to say vacuuming. I think hoovering is a stupid word because that's actually referring to a, a company and not the product. So we'll say vacuuming. They vacuum suck you back in, right? So that he was like that the first times but the third time and was the last time we got back together was the longest and for the most part i think he had calmed down i think age helped he got he was older by then you know i met him we were teenagers so you know i think age had something to do with it time i think he had come to his senses a little bit more and for a little while there he stopped being physically abusive for a little for a little while towards the end it started to happen again and then that was like that's it i'm done i i can't do this anymore i'm not gonna go back to because we had like a lovely home and we lived in a nice neighborhood and you know we should have had like this like perfect you know we had a white picket fence i mean my god we had dogs a white picket fence like we i, I look at me i look like june cleaver like i mean like i'm not gonna get beat in my perfect like suburban life like this isn't i'm not gonna be that that girl you know what i mean so Unfortunately, I had to leave, but I do think that if he and I had invested in some serious couples therapy, especially him and his own, his own therapy to deal with his issues, he had a lot of parental issues he never dealt with. I feel like maybe we could have worked it out. Um, I'm glad we didn't, to be honest, because I was with him for so long since I was a teenager and I'm, I'm glad. I think we're where we need to be. He's where he is. I'm where I am. I have no ill will towards him. I know that sounds weird, but you know, we were k- crazy kids and I feel like the physical abuse was matched by my own bullshit and his own bullshit and our immaturity. Like it was just, it was a mess. I feel like everything is exactly how it should be. But I do think that 
if we had gone to the counseling we should have gone to, if we had really gotten the help we needed, I think it could have ended on better terms. I think it could, we would have lasted a little, a smidgen longer, but I, I, I think what, where we are is fine. I'm, I'm fine with where we are. Um, and I don't think it can get better if you stay. So what I mean by that is note that I said we broke up this time, we broke up this time, and then we were together and each time was different. Well, the first time we broke up, I didn't see him for a year and a half. I moved to another state. The second time we broke up, I didn't see him for about, it feels like a long time, but it was actually only four months. And then we slowly got back together. We had lived separately. We lived together. We broke up. We lived separately. And then we slowly started dating, but still living separately until it was just not financially. Like I was like, dude, I can't keep leaving my apartment like empty for an entire fucking weekend. And there's like people in my neighborhood that I'm sure are paying attention. Like, dude, I gotta, what are we doing? You know? So, but that's what we did. Right. So that was the scenario. I didn't stay. Like I wasn't like, oh, thanks for choking me. Let's stick around for another. No, I was like, you just choked me and I blacked out and I took all the furniture and I left. Well, I left him a bed, I think. <laughs> I did, no, I, it was, he paid for it. I left him the bed there you go. But I paid for everything else and, and everything else came with me, right? So that's what I did. Some women just, and men just stay. If you stay, with this person, you give them no boundaries, no, you need to do this, you need to do that, or I'm leaving. You just stick around for it, then it just gets worse and worse and worse. And I'm here to tell you that from experience because that's what I did. Not in that relationship, in the next one. I just did not realize that the more I forgave this person, the worse they were getting. And why were they getting that way? Because I forgave them. So every time that I caught them doing something that they shouldn't have been doing and forgave them, it gave them this thing in their head, especially the narcissist. It gives them this thing in their head like, well, I got away with that. Let's see what else I can get away with. Oh, I got away with that. To the point where the narcissist finally said to me, where's the line? This isn't an exact verbatim quote. Where's the line? What do you mean, where's the line? What, what, when are you going to say enough is enough? Is that what this has always been about? You've been trying to push me to the edge to see when I break. Who does that? Who does that? A psychopath, a crazy person, but that's what happened. So yes, people have the, the ability to change. I know I have, but they have to want it. They have to do it on their own. And if you stick around and you give them no verb, you give them no, I was gonna say verbatims, ultimatums. If you give them no ultimatums and say, you need to do this or I'm leaving, then they'll never change. They'll never change. And if they don't get the help that they need, forget it. How are they gonna change? How can someone learn without educating themselves? How can someone grow without taking the next step, trying something different, making, going for the challenges, doing the hard stuff, right? That doesn't happen. That's not how life works. So that will be my advice to you. If you're wondering if this person's going to change, if they're going to get better, they promised to be better. 
if you don't stand up for yourself, then they never will. And I will tell you this before we go to the commercial break, that the minute you stand up for yourself, if you're dealing with a narcissist or just a very malicious person, then they're probably going to push back and they're going to say, you know what? I don't want to be with you. I changed my mind. I don't want to be with you anymore. Because they would rather leave you and hurt you more than fix themselves. Or because you gave them the ultimatum, which basically means you're going to leave them, right? But you're saying, hey, I won't leave you if you do this. Well, now in their head, because they're evil, they're like, oh, I heard you're going to leave me. So I'm going to leave you first. And I'm telling you this. From experience. This is literally what they do and literally what they say. So deal with that information and what you want. It might not be what you wanted to hear today, this week, this month, whenever you're listening to this podcast or watching this recording, but I'm telling you, that's what you're going to get. It is a hard pill to swallow. It hurts like a bastard. It's a knife in your back and in your heart simultaneously. Yeah. But once the pain subsides, you're like, wow, that person never loved me. There is no way that person cared about me in the same way I cared about them that they would ever say or do the things that they're doing to me. There is no possible way that that person has an ounce of humanity and dignity and kindness in them if instead of just doing what's right, they'd rather throw everything away. And if you're thinking that, you're right. All right. After this commercial break, we are going to discuss poor Khloe Kardashian and her constantly being cheated on and why men do this. Specifically men. Sorry, I'm just going to keep it real. It's going to be specifically men. I, I don't know. I don't sleep with women. And, um... Uh, and why people avoid the trauma. Oh, and also uh, one of the things we were talking about or I was showing in the pre-show was um, when you're stuck with the narcissist and how they lie and how no matter, even if you make evidence of it, they'll lie through the evidence. (laughs) So we're going to cover all of those things coming up next. Welcome back. So we're going to talk about Chloe K in just a minute, but I wanted to discuss something that we, um, I was showing on the pre-show of the podcast. So there's a video where a girl starts discussing and describing what it's like to try to win an argument with a narcissist. And she said that, do you ever feel, and this hit home. Oh my God, this hit me so hard. She said, do you ever feel Like you wish there were cameras in your house recording all the time so the narcissist could not walk back their bullshit, right? Because when you're in a situation, and so funny, even if you never knew, you might be watching right now or listening right now and you had no idea that the person that you were dating or married to was a narcissist. But then you look back and like, oh my God, I used to say they did this or they did that. And it's exactly exactly what's described in the behavior 
of a narcissist, but you don't, but you didn't know what that behavior meant. You just thought it was just them, right? And that's the thing that I found most um, soothing about my situation. This is why I'm sharing it. That's why I've, I've literally, I wouldn't say decimated, but I've definitely changed the structure of my podcast this season and made most of my focus about relationships, dating, and specifically a narcissist. Not because I wanted to um, do anything malicious toward this person, but because I'm dealing with it. And this is my diary. And this is how I'm dealing with it. And I'm sharing my experience with other people because the one thing that helped me get out of my depression, get out of my head, and realize this isn't me. I didn't deserve what's happening to me. I didn't deserve anything that's been done to me. And I'm not alone. This person has something they're going through, which I feel for them. I do. I know that's stupid, but I do. I feel for them about what they're going through. They need to deal with it on their own. But I'm not alone. And because it's diagnosed, and you can be diagnosed if you go and actually get the therapy that you need and and get analyzed, right? But because there's a medical, mental, well-established reason for this type of behavior, then that means that there's a way to work around it. You can't fix anybody. You can help them. You can work with them. You can slowly help them fix themselves. And because of that, it's given me hope. It's made me feel better about myself, which is important. I don't care if that makes me sound whatever it sounds to anybody. I need to feel good about myself. You should feel good about yourself, right? And by going through this process, I've learned to feel good about myself. But when she said that, when she said, do you ever wish that you had cameras in your house? I said, oh my God, I literally said that. I literally, in an argument with the narcissist, I'm like, I wish... We had cameras in every room in this house. Like, oh yeah, it would really show you who you really are. It would show up like, okay, great. But it would show you who you are. I own my shit. If I'm being a bitch, I'm being a bitch. I will say I'm a bitch. What? Okay. And what? You, you did this and you're moving your neck around. I sure the fuck, I sure the fuck am, but I don't deny it. The narcissist lives in a constant state of denial, right? So this leads you in a situation where you're constantly filming them or recording them or or uh, screenshotting or whatever you're doing because you're like, I need receipts, I need receipts so they can't walk this back so I can show them later. And she said, that's a waste of time because they're just gonna go and they're just gonna say, well, you misinterpreted what I meant or you pushed me there or you did this and they, they never take responsibility it's their mother's fault it's your fault it's their boss's fault it's the weather's fault it's the dog's fault i mean i cannot tell you how often the dog was to blame for an outburst like this person really was like oh i will literally snap that dog's neck that's what they said if i'm lying i'm frying i will snap her neck right now easy we'll be done with her because she was, she was sick and she was, had dementia and she was very difficult and she would bite me and I would get frustrated with her. Absolutely. Did I want to? Absolutely. Oh, she was so mean to me. I never did. Took care of her every day till the day she died. <laughs> but, the, but the narcissist was like, I, I'm not dealing with that. They don't love you or your pets as much as you think they do. That's another thing. But it was funny because when she mentioned the cameras, it made me realize, and that's why I said I was going to save it for the podcast. It made me realize why I like watching reality shows. 
specifically Real Housewives, right? But you can watch anything, love and hip hop, whatever. It's the same. Those are the same. The title's different. The show's the same. So I watch Real Housewives. I watch pretty much all of the franchises. And now I realize why I like it. Because the husbands and wives are being filmed all of the time. And then they have the whole reunion. So everyone gets called out on their shit and they can't hide it because it's all filmed or recorded. Sometimes, you know, they have those like secret recordings where it's like, and now the audio, <laughs> she forgot she was wearing the mic and she was like, fuck that bitch, that ugly, stupid bitch. And she's like, I never said that. And here, play the tape, Andy Cohen. <laughs> and I love that shit because it's, I feel like we all secretly want that, but if you live with a narcissist or you're dating a narcissist, that is literally like your fantasy is to be on The Real Housewives or Love and Hip Hop or something because then it's all filmed and you're not filming it. So it's filmed by an, a third party. So they're non-biased. They're just external. So the person, person can't say, oh, they did that because that's your friend. They did that because that's your mom. They're like, no, that's Denmark Mercury. That's that's um, Capcom or whatever the company is that own VH1 MTV Bravo, right? So isn't that nice that I know all those names? Hi, how you doing? I'll sign a contract again. I'm still signed with M Productions. That's an MTV company. I'm still signed with M Productions and Oxygen. I'm signed with them for the rest of my life. Isn't that great? Well, at least for the footage they have of me. We'll talk about that another time. I'm not kidding. In perpetuity, no matter what planet, for the rest of the life, eternity, and beyond eternity. It said that on the contract. So, you know, if you guys want to do another contract with me and get this show on TV, I'll gladly. Why not? I already signed one before. Where prick my finger, where do I sign? <laughs> but I I honestly like that is like my dream. It's probably something be careful what you ask for kind of dream. But in this situation, I wish that everything was filmed because then they could not escape who they really are. I've already filmed myself many times. I've done documentaries, I've done, you know, little things like that. So I've seen my I've looked back and I'm like Ooh, I was a nightmare. You know what I mean? I, but I'm able to handle it because I own my shit. I accept the shit I've done, the person I am, the mistakes that I've made, and I apologize for them and I grow from them. That's why I look like Holly Homemaker right now and not the friggin' whore bag that I was 10 years ago when I used to do my music because that person, I, I'm not that girl, you know? I, I barely was that girl when I was doing it and I'm definitely not that girl now. How did that kind of growth and change happen? Because I looked at myself and said, something needs to change. And so when you live in a constant state of denial, as the narcissists tend to do, they don't change or they get worse, right? And so that goes into avoiding trauma, which is gonna lead us to Chloe. This is all a road to Chloe. So avoiding trauma is another denial scenario. So one of the videos we were playing, uh, the guy was talking about, he's a very well-known narcissist who discussed what it's like being a narcissist. He tells stories that will literally horrify you. And he got mad at me the other day on a live. I triggered him, I gaslit him. I just wanna see if he was still, if he was still a narcissist and he really is, he fell for it. I only said two, I only said two words. I said, you, no, three words. I said, you scare me because he was live on uh, TikTok. And he's like, I don't scare you. I don't scare you. If you don't like what I'm saying and what I'm doing, it's because you're still in the situation that you don't want to be in. But he started going off on me and I loved every fucking second 
have it because I was like, wow, I said three things and he went off like the narcissist he is, which was kind of my goal because I wanted to prove, I wanted to see if he really was one, like if he was just pretending for views or not. And his reaction was spot on. He was easily gaslit and he ripped me to shreds. And he and he mentioned key things that he knew from my comments and from my channel because he, he doesn't follow me, but he's seen my videos and he's seen my comments before. And he made it very obvious in his response. And thank you very much. But um, but yeah, he's definitely a narcissist. And, and I appreciate the work that he does. And God bless him for, I mean, he tells stories about the horrible things he's done to his wife. I'm like, oh, this woman deserves like the hope diamond for staying married to this man. Um, but the thing about the, the narcissist, they avoid trauma. And so one of the things he's saying is if you have um, narcissistic parents or alcoholic parents and you don't want to be like them, you often, if you don't go to therapy, if you don't deal with your problems, what ends up happening is you often um, end up like them anyway because you kept avoiding getting the help that you need um, to make sure it doesn't happen. And so it's interesting because that's exactly what I'm seeing in my situation right now. And I also mentioned in the live that I have my own issues. I love my parents. I don't want to be my parents. You know, I don't want to end up like my mom. I don't want to end up like my dad. That doesn't mean I don't love them or respect them or like them. I think parents always want their children to do better, to have better, you know, to aspire to more, right? So that's my goal. And I want to learn from their mistakes. That's what I should do. They didn't stay together. And there was a reason for that, a big, huge reason for that, right? And so I'm like, okay, how do I avoid what they ended up in? How do I avoid... You know, things that my mom consistently does. Personality traits about my mom that I don't like. How do I stop myself from having those personality traits? Personality traits about my dad that I don't like. How do I stop myself from having those personality traits? It's not easy, but you have to do the work. You have to analyze. You have to go, oop, I did it. Oop, I said it. Oop, I did that thing that I didn't want to do, right? Somehow I became them anyway, right? You have to watch yourself. And often because the narcissist is in denial, they don't see themselves repeating history. So if you have a, a mother who's a narcissist, who is loving and caring and giving, and then all of a sudden ice cold evil and, and cuts you off, and you don't want to end up like that, but then you do, but then somehow you do, you have to deal with that. You need to figure out, wait, wait a minute, I am be doing this, this thing that happened to me that hurt me as a child. If you have a father who left you and started another family and made you feel abandoned and made you feel like you're lost in the world, then replicating that behavior is not the way to go. So if you're doing that, then you need to go and figure out why you're doing that to stop yourself because you're not, it's not going to stop on its own. You're just going to do it again and again. You're going to be, you're, if they're an alcoholic, abusive mother, and then you start abusing heroin or become a pothead or whatever because of that and you never got therapy you're just avoiding the issue but you're becoming it anyway maybe your own version does your parents have a thing anything you want follow does your parents i'm reading a message um so but to finish my thought you you tend to avoid it but you become it anyway right so 
And the only way that you can really work on it, work on not doing it is, yes, self-analyzation is phenomenal. I've done it my entire life, but there's not, there's nothing like getting counseling and therapy. I have to tell you, I know I've been a very big advocate about that all year, but it's because I'm sitting in front of you now, fresh faced and perky, um, because I've been in therapy and counseling. If I wasn't, I don't even think I'd be here in front of you now. Whatever, take that however you want, but that's the truth. So I think that's important. And I think avoiding past traumas, not talking about them, not addressing them with maybe the person who did it to you, um, you know, it's important to tell them like, there's a meme. I think I discussed this before, so I don't want to go over it again, but there's a meme, there's a TikTok where it shows millennials and Gen Zers talking to boomer parents about problems. And they're like, hey, mom, you know, I really want to talk to you about, you know, how I'm dealing with depression. And a lot of it starts from when you used to, you know, say this or do this and make fun of my weight or whatever, you know. And the mom's like, oh, here we go again. Oh, I'm the worst mother in the whole entire world. I am the worst that ever lived. There, is, Hitler isn't as bad as me as a mother, <laughs> right? Because they were brought up, the boomers were brought up to just button your mouth, and keep going and of course that worked out so well for so many boomers right and so millennials and specifically gen zers want to deal want to go back and discuss it and and it becomes a you're butting heads with your parents because some parents they really won't even listen to it some of them will some of them won't some of them will take their time but it's important that you address it with them but most importantly address it with yourself um, to answer your question, is there anything I admire about my parents? Um, what do I admire about my parents? I mean, without getting into too many details, because I don't want to wait, like not waste, but spend a lot of time discussing that. I would say, yes, there is things that I admire about my parents, my mom, mostly because I'm still getting to know my dad as an adult. So I'm, my dad was in my life my entire childhood. And then we had a very long gap where we did not talk. So him and I are getting closer now. I'm learning about who he is now. Um, and also how a child sees their parents and how an adult sees their parents are extremely different. Like I really looked up to my dad, loved my dad. I thought he was like the best. Um, as a child and then I learned as an adult he wasn't that great you know what I mean there was problems there so I would say yes there are things I admire about my parents but I'm still learning about them as an adult and um there's other things but I'm not going to share that um today I'm not saying I won't just not going to do it today so finally we've made it to the end of the road all of this just to get to Khloe Kardashian and I don't even remember her boyfriend's name, fiance's name, husband. Is she married to him? I don't even know because I don't pay attention to the Kardashians like that. And no, I didn't do the research. I think it's Tristan Thomas. I think I got it. I think I nailed it. I'm pretty sure it's Tristan Thomas. So Khloe Kardashian and Tristan Thomas have been on and off for years. He's the Lamar Odom of the 2010s, right? So she was with Lamar Odom uh, in the late 2000s and early 2010s. And then, you know, he almost died in a whorehouse. That's not a joke. That's really what happened. He OD'd in a whorehouse. Um, and so that was the end of that. Uh, she was actually married to him. 
but with Tristan Thomas, I don't think she's married to him, but she's been on and off with him for years. He's humiliated her in the press for years, cheating on her with her best friend, which that was a whole debacle, cheating on her with random uh, Instagram thoughts, like just a mess. And she would dump him. Then she did a show called Revenge Body where she lost all this weight and she was looking spell and she sold jeans that were like butt lifting, butt padded jeans. And she was like living her life without him. Then they had a baby, I think, or she had a baby. And, and, and so then she has her daughter. And if you've ever seen any of the, um, the migraine commercials that she's in for the medicine for migraines, her daughter's in the commercials, which I think is a little tacky, a little tacky. Um, and, but she's gone back and forth with this man. Is Chloe the one that looks like Frankenberry? Wow. <sighs> Don't do Frankenberry like that. All right. So the thing about the Chloe situation, what ends up happening the most in the press is that everybody talks about her. They don't really talk about Tristan. So in this recent situation, they've been back together. He claims he's going to be better. He's going to treat her better. He's not going to cheat anymore, whatever. And then this girl comes out and says she's pregnant by him. Every time he's been coming to Dallas, he's a basketball player. He's been coming to Dallas. She's a physical therapist, which is another bone I have to pick in my own personal life. I don't even want to She's a physical therapist and that she's been seeing him since December of last year and she's pregnant. Pregnant. So not only is she being cheated on by him, but he's also not even protecting himself. So he's violating her in many different ways. He's exposing her to any disease that could make her sick, that could make her itch, that could make her die you know, could make, render her, uh, enabled to have children. I mean, there's all these STDs that are out here that could be detrimental to her forever. Right. And he's out here just unprotected, sleeping around, doing whatever, making new families and humiliating her. And the thing is when the press talks about her, when the blogs talk about her, when people, you know, on Twitter and black Twitter talk about her, uh, or talk about the situation, they really don't focus on him. They don't call him a monster. They don't dox him. They don't really do anything to him. They make it about Chloe. And the reason why is because she keeps taking him back. And so you stop feeling bad for someone, male or female, after a while when they keep taking them back. I take that back. Nope, I take that back. Only female. People stop feeling bad for the woman, and sometimes they never do after she takes them back a, a, a more than one time. What I do find interesting, because I just thought about it as I was saying that, is for men, men are constantly felt bad for. You want an explanation? The same one I had last week. Will and Jada. People are still like, oh, poor Will. Oh, poor Will. He's been cheated on, but he cheated too. He keeps staying with her and everyone still feels bad for him. Why? Y'all don't feel bad for Chloe. Jada didn't get knocked up by her uh, entanglement. She didn't entangle herself into having a baby. 
Tristan Thomas is having children with her. This is the second one. Not the first extra baby. The second one. Why are we still feeling sorry for what? Why are there memes on Facebook of men and it's like TV shows where men are about to go into war and they put this uh, right before you go cheat on your wife. For Will Smith. That's real. I'm not making that up. That's a real meme. And there's a lot of them. So not only are you like poor Will Smith, but now you're now the thing is, oh, go cheat on your wife who isn't Jada Pickett and do it in the name of Will Smith, who chooses to stay in an open marriage, which he discussed. And by the way, discussed too much. We're done. Hello. Hi, my name is Nakia Nightshade, and I would like to say on behalf of the American public, that we are no longer interested in hearing about Will and Jada Smith's marriage. Uh, Jada, we're done. We don't want to hear about it. Interview people at the red table and ask them about their lives. I am done listening to you talk about your marriage. I didn't need to know, Will. Love Independence Day. Bad boys, awesome. Not necessary for me to know that you have vomited after having so much sex. Wow, cool, great. An image I will never get to live beyond it will never go away emblazoned in my mind didn't need to know that didn't need to know anything about your lives at all you are actors be actors i know that you're people and that's great for you i don't need to know about your life when i go into uh, a restaurant a nightclub a bookstore walmart target macy's nordstrom's i'm just running off names now because these are places i go um when i go there and someone has to help me with whatever it is that they're doing i don't need them to also let me know that they've had a bad sex life or that their husband's cheating and i'm like that's part i just want you to just find the right size stiletto like just do your job i don't want to know this so please on behalf of everyone in the United States of America, you know what, globally. And if I could say it in many languages, I would. No more. Nishit, nada, nunca. We don't wanna hear no more, okay? <laughs> Thank you, I just wanted to, I had to add that in there because the stuff comes out every week about Will and Jada. Every week, I'm so done. They make the Kardashians tolerable. Uh, she's a Kardashian and her ex was a crackhead. She clearly is not capable of making good decisions. Right, exactly. And that's, and that's, and that is the, the, the crux of what I was saying. The real reason why men and women cannot stop talking about Khloe Kardashian and, and making her the joke, the butt of the joke in this scenario where she's always being cheated on and this man is creating, um, extra families is because you guys, Kim, Chloe, Courtney, Cam, Chloe, Court, Court, Cam, You guys keep choosing trash men. Like, I know that Travis Barker is supposed to be like, everybody's like talking him up, like, oh, he's such a great guy. Okay. I, the guy with the neck tattoos and the face tattoos who cheated on his wife and kids. And I've seen his dangling. I've seen his dangling. <laughs> I mean, that's a good enough reason, Chloe, but is he a good guy? I don't know. Is he a good leg? Probably. Look at the guys they choose. Even Kim. 
Kim's hanging out with Pete Davidson, a known manic depressive bipolar comedian. You just left a manic depressive bipolar megalomaniac. Do better, Kim. Everyone's like, oh, he's so sweet. He makes her laugh. Okay. I can watch stuff on HBO Max that's sweet and makes me laugh. I don't need to date them. And Chloe. They go after basketball players and rappers. And I say go after because they do. When have I ever seen Chloe date a doctor? Date a congressman? Kim wants to be a lawyer and wants to implement new laws having to do with the prison system. Oh, there's things happening on my live stream. It's not happening on this mic, but it's on my live stream. Okay, thank you for that. Um, but there's there's things that Kim is doing that I actually like politically, socially. Does that mean she has to date boring guys? No, but I mean, give it a shot. Maybe she has, I don't know. I'm just speaking from the perspective of someone who is just as much information as you guys have, right? Shout out to HBO Max. Woo, woo, woo. The Will Smith book is pretty good. You know what? And it might be good, but it would have been better if we didn't have the last seven years of them just constantly divulging their personal information. We're over it. I'm over it. I'm tired. Listen, I've never liked Jada Pickett anyway. I didn't need them to tell me she was a skank. Like, oh, shocking. Really? The lady with resting skank face is a skank? No. <laughs> like, okay, whatever. So, but, but that's the thing. And that's what all of this goes back to. Will it get better? You know, can you avoid the trauma? Can you, if you stay in a relationship with someone who continually lies and pretends to you, will they change? No matter how much proof you have and you keep presenting it with them, even when the media presents it to them, is there ever going to be an end of the rainbow? Will it ever end? No, no. If you keep taking them back or if you never leave, no. Do I think that maybe if you take a break or if you go into deep therapy and handle your shit, is there a possibility? Yeah, there's also a possibility that it will happen again. And if it does, you leave and you never look back. You leave and you never look back. Because they'll never change because they'll continue the behavior specifically with you because you are the perfect victim. And my goal for this entire podcast is to help people and to help myself to stop being the perfect victim. I get hit on by men every fucking day I'm out of this house. I have been hit on by so many men in the last six months of my life. My life, It's been more than the last 10 years of my life. I have never been hit on more men in my entire fucking, well, no, in my life, yes, but in the last 10 years. I got hit on by two men the other day, two men. Like, what was I supposed to choose between the both of us? Oh, come on, boys. <laughs> There's enough for me for both of you. Like, what the... And they were older, in their 50s, dusted with gray hair all over their face and their their forehead, their forehead, their head. And they're hitting on me. Hey, baby girl, where you from? Hey, baby girl. Hey, baby girl. Oh, what brought you here? How'd you get here, girl? I'm like, myself? Nah, you didn't bring yourself all the way over here from all the way over there because I live on a different side of the country than I used to live. And they're like, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You couldn't have done that. Why couldn't I have done that? You can't, you can't be more than 19 years old. How'd you get here on your own? You, 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 what are you, like 19? 
licking his lips. So you're hitting on me under the guise that you believe that I am a nine, a naive, innocent, unsuspecting, incapable of traveling across the country on my own, 19-year-old girl. And you are old enough to be that 19-year-old's father. I am not 19. I haven't seen 19 in a while. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> and I was like, disgusting. You're disgusting. I was so grossed out. And I was like, you know what's so funny is? This guy probably wouldn't talk to me if he knew I was of a more appropriate age to date him. Which, by the way, I wouldn't date him anyway. I'm like... Ew. Gross. This is what's out there. This is what's going on. But trying to groom me. Yep. But the difference in me is that I'm able to see it. Because even though I'm not 19, if I didn't get the education that I've been getting, if I haven't learned from my mistakes in the past, I'd be like, oh, he's compliment. He called me 19. Oh my God, what a compliment. And I would have kept talking to him. A lot of women would. They wouldn't understand the nuances to this man thinks you are barely legal and is hitting on you because he prefers young girls over grown women because they're easier to groom. They're easier to manipulate. This is why men 30 and over start dating younger girls and not girls their own age and not women that are older than them because they want someone who's easier to control or to lie to or to mislead or to groom, as was said in the chat. And because I know this, I was disgusted and horrified by what would have normally been looked at as a compliment to my youth and youthful beauty. And I still take it as a compliment, but I don't want to talk to you after that. And I didn't. You should, I I can't tell you more about the story because then I get into more personal information. But the way he was talking to me, the way he kept speaking to me before he even uh, guessed my age, guesstimated my age, um, was like, he, I, I got a feeling like he thought I was some dumb bimbo. You know what I mean? I guess I could look like a dumb bimbo, but he was, I got the feeling he thought I was a dumb bimbo. And I was like, why does he keep talking to me like this? And then when he's like, well, you're like what? 19. And I was like, Oh, that's why he thinks I'm a dumb bimbo. Yeah, I'm reading. I'm sorry. I was reading something in the chat. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I was in my early 20s, I did live with a man in his mid 50s. But that's because I was young and impressionable and he was offering me a life that I wanted. Looking back, like it was a mess. He was a mess. I was a mess. I did such inappropriate things in that man's house. I was so disrespectful to that man's home. But he wasn't a great guy either. That doesn't make it right. <laughs> but he wasn't a great guy. He was a bad guy. Like anyone who knew him, he was, he was a bad guy, right? So the thing is, is because I have the experience of being 
that young and being with an older man, I know it's inappropriate. They're disgusting. They go for the young girl because they can lie to them, manipulate them, use them, you know, everything, right? So that's, I'm speaking from experience. So that's why when he did that, thank you for the biddies. That's why when, when, when he hit on me and he said that, I was disgusted. And so that's to my point is that I was, it was a long-winded version, of course. Hello, hi, I'm Nakia, I'm long-winded. Um, but to my point, when it goes with Chloe, she's not learning from anything. She's not getting it. Like, she would rather just say, I have this tall, gorgeous, black, successful, young, handsome, nice body man and keep taking him back to, to act like she's got this prize then just let him go and be alone. Figure her shit out. Get some therapy. Find a better partner. Maybe one that doesn't look as perfectly packaged as Tristan Thomas looks, but maybe someone who is better for you as a person. Because I can tell you, the tall, handsome, good-looking, straight white teeth, nice-bodied, in the gym all the time, you know, got a good job, dude, if he's still treating you like garbage, if he's still mentally, physically abusing you or cheating on you or all of the above, what? that's not a prize. That's a really pretty box filled with a fucking pound of shit. It's a box of shit. When you open it, it stinks. <laughs> and you can't do nothing with it, but be revol- revolted by it. Close the box of shit. Put it out on the porch and let some porch pirate horror take it. It let it be her problem. Let her take it home and realize, oh no, I got a box of shit. <laughs> and move on with your life. And I'm not just speaking to Chloe. So on that note, thank you for being here. My guest this week couldn't make it. Hopefully she'll make it next week. Um, I might even record it sometime this week. We'll, we won't do it live. We were going to do it live, but, uh, hopefully she'll be on next week's episode. Um, this one was recorded on Tuesday live. So it went up, it will go up a day later. It'll be up on Wednesday. And, um, I'm hoping I can get one more guest before the new year. And then I'm going to be on hiatus for a little while because I'm going to be in between locations. I'm going to be doing some stuff. So that's it. I don't want to say no more. So, but thank you for those of you who are listening. I really appreciate you and your support. Don't forget to share the podcast, Nikia Nightshade. I'm on all platforms as Nikia Nightshade. And, um, until next week, I just have this little ditty for you. If you're looking for me, you better check under the sea. Cause that is where you'll find me. All right. See you next week. Ha, 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 ha.